Hello. Hello, and welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have two very special guests, Dr. Jerry Williams. How are you, Jerry? Hello. Uh, and Andy McCarley. Hi. Great. <laughs> that was a weird hi. It's okay. Uh, today, we're talking about The Sixth Sense. Woo! Finally. Which came out in 1999, written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, before we get into the movie, I want to call attention to the Netflix summary of this film, which begins, After a nine-year-old boy inexplicably starts seeing dead people, <laughs> he lands in the chair of a child's, like, the care the of chair. a chair. Yep. Uh, of a child psychologist who's determined to uncover the truth, which I think is the greatest, like, post-knowing-the-twist summary of the movie. Right. It just makes it sound like a comedy almost. Like, after this nine-year-old inexplicably starts seeing dead people. Okay, actually, I have a question for you, Sam. Are we going to spend the whole podcast spoiler-free? No. Or are we going to just dive into no, that we're as soon in. as possible? Okay. So stop listening if you want to watch The Sixth Sense first, which yeah. I actually recommend because it is actually a good movie. Because one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite movies is because of how well it holds up after knowing the twist. Uh, watching the movie knowing that Bruce Willis is dead the entire time, you can really be like, oh shit, Like he really doesn't like touch any props while anybody else is around. Or speak to anyone other than Haley Joel Osment. Or change his clothes. You know, I have um, mixed feelings about this movie because I didn't see it before I knew the twist. I saw the last, like, 15 minutes of it on TV with my parents, like, 15 years ago. And so watching it now and knowing the whole time, I was, like, annoyed. And it was also, like, painfully obvious to me the whole time. Yeah. Especially with, like, his wife. So one of the reasons you guys, like, had me for this episode was that I'd never seen it before. Oh, yeah. Something else to note is that I'm the only person who had seen this movie prior to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I theoretically... I saw it. <gasps> Jerry, you told me that you had never seen this movie before. Really? When, when we emailed last <laughs> week, I was like, come on and talk about The Sixth Sense. And you were like, I've never seen that. I guess I haven't. It just... I forgot. <laughs> I knew the twist at some point and then just completely forgot right. yeah. and watched it as if I didn't know. And then at the end, I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. I knew that already. Yeah, well, I was going to go into <laughs> it not knowing the twist because I don't care about thrillers. I don't care about M. Night Shyamalan. Like, I saw Avatar. I was like, why did anyone ever give this guy a job? He's not Avatar. Oh, The Last Airbender. Yeah, the movie. I thought you meant The Blue People. No. Um also didn't care for that movie but then i told my mom that i was going to do this podcast and she immediately was like oh the sixth sense oh yeah that's the movie where the little kid sees dead people and then like bruce willis realizes that he's been dead the whole time yeah i saw the movie when i was around 10 years old and um i had adhd so i would like dvr movies watch half of them and then save the rest for a later time and I told my mom one day, I was like, I'm in the middle of The Sixth Sense, like as if it was a book that I was reading. And she was like, do you want me to tell you the twist? And I was like, yeah. Uh, um, so no one didn't know the twist. Nobody, yeah. That's and it unfortunate. Is, and, and it is one of those movies where like the twist kind of is the legacy of the movie. Like The Ring. <laughs> like The Ring or like in The Another Lonely Island. Another movie I haven't seen. Or like in The Lonely Island song, Jizz in My Pants. 
One of the lyrics is, when Bruce Willis was dead at the end of Sixth Sense, I jizzed in my pants. Sam uh, recently saw the Lonely Island in concert. They were fantastic. So this movie opens on... um, Opening credits. It does open on opening credits. You're right. And Tony Collette is first billed after Bruce Willis, which is amazing uh but it opens on bruce willis and his wife played by olivia williams who i thought did like a really fantastic job with very expository dialogue oh my god the note the that i made oh my god i literally just wrote down i love exposition yeah at that point she's like you are awarded by the city you're a psychologist <laughs> for children you're so sexy please let's go upstairs yeah i thought that she did very well with it um, I loved all of the, I mean, up. M. Night Shyamalan, NYU alum, Tisch School of the Arts. Gross. Never mind, Represent. I don't like him anymore. Walking cliche. Yeah. Uh, I loved all the artsy <laughs> shots, Over, overdose really on the artsy shots, their reflection in the plaque. Yeah. Oh, in the first scene, she like walks into a creepy basement that has no reason to be creepy, but that's where he like lives, which I guess maybe makes sense because he's a ghost. <laughs> Well, he's not a ghost in the first scene. No, but like later, yeah. it makes sense that that's a creepy basement. That's true. So that then when he's in the basement later on, it's like recognizable to the audience, I guess. But I was so excited <clears throat> that their marriage was still good and they're going to like get it on and they're all playful and stuff. And then it's like, oh, no. Yeah, it's such a cute scene until Donnie Wahlberg shows up. That's Donnie Wahlberg? Yeah. He used to be my boss. Wait, oh. what? I worked at Wahlbergers. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, not li- not literally. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think they're all Republicans. Probably. I love that. Didn't in- Mark Wahlberg like commit a hate crime in the eighties or something? Yes, oh. multiple. I'm sure. No, just the one. <laughs> well, we only who? heard about the one. What yeah. what group? It was um like an Asian man, I think. Of course. He tried to get it expunged, and they refused to. Really? Yeah. Oh. Recently. Shit. I mean, yeah. he's a white man from Boston. I think that's kind of a prerequisite. I hate crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Larry, anyway, Larry Bird didn't commit any hate crimes. That we know of. <laughs> he was a great shit talker, though, apparently. Oh. R.I.P. Is he dead? No. Oh. <laughs> you said was as if he was dead. He's not playing anymore. Okay. So, so yeah, Donnie Wahlberg shows up. He's takes in off his clothes in his underwear like, being weird so weird like naked vulnerable hugging himself and crying he looks so childlike in that scene well that's probably the point I yeah. just realized he used that to I be... still have cheese from that artichoke pizza I just scarfed down on the sidewalk still on my chin that's good that's really our good our listeners were wondering yeah. what that was <laughs> So what I really like about the scene, what happens is Donnie Wahlberg uh, confronts Bruce Willis. He's like, I was your patient as a kid. You didn't help me. Right. But, 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 and, then, uh, and then he shoots Bruce Willis and then kills himself. Do we think that he saw dead people? Yeah, yes. that's the point. Okay. Well, that's what I figured. But I also heard nothing that was like on that scene when he like found out. Oh. You didn't? Mm-mm. When he's like playing the tape recorder, yeah. What did the tape say? It's like you can hear a ghost like in the distance saying, "Like I don't want to die." And he's just like, "I'm so cold," or whatever. Yeah. So I love that when he was like trying to remind himself of who Donnie Wahlberg was, he was just like describing him. He was like, "Single parent family, possible mood disorder." I was like, "Oh my god, me." (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so what, yeah. What I really like about that scene is that the Danny Wahlberg confrontation is that there's no music at all whatsoever. It's very like non cinematic in that sense. Like it's it doesn't right. feel like like a movie scene. It fe- it's very like um I think that sometimes I think that even in this movie um some of the creepy stuff can be a little bit corny, maybe feel a little bit like manipulative to the audience. Right. But in that Donnie Wahlberg scene, it's like all killer no filler. I and then he shoots him in the stomach, which obviously we know from movies is a fatal <laughs> shot usually. And then it like cuts to a year later. We don't have any for a while. We don't get any like. We just cut straight to Bruce Willis stalking Haley Joel mm-hmm. Osment on the sidewalk. And then I was, mm-hmm. Brandon was watching it, and he goes, um, "So he survived the gunshot." Yeah. And I'm like, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> kind of. <laughs> In a sense. In a sixth sense. Okay. Okay. Well, Jerry, what are your notes uh, oh. at the beginning of the movie? <laughs> Well, I loved that they played a Chet Baker song at the very beginning, <laughs> which you don't hear in movies very often. But that was 1999, pre 9/11. Oh, it was pre 9/11. Yeah. Yeah, it's been 20 years since this movie. Yeah, that's why there. That's why there's so many lines in the movie where Haley Joel Osment's character gets into that argument with Tommy Tomasino, where Tommy Tomasino is like. I bet there's no plane that could take down the World Trade Center. Whoa. Yeah. That's a line? I missed that. that. Yeah. <laughs> and and then Haley Joel Osment is like, one day in exactly two years, Jeez. a okay. plane is going to fly into the World Trade Center. Fuck you, Sam. That's the you twist. That's the twist. <laughs> <laughs> the twist of the sixth sense is... Is that Haley Joel Osment predicted 9-11. 9/11. <laughs> and it yeah. was improvised. <laughs> Speaking of improvised... That line. There's so much in it where I'm oh. just like... M. Night Shyamalan was on so many shitty college improv teams. Like, you can just tell. Do you hear that line where the bully goes, it's called improv? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that the bullies were theater kids because that was very relatable. I related to Haley Joel Osment's character. Word. Oh, my God. Tell us more about how you hate the word relatable, Jerry. I just, I, I hate that people say it all the time as a compliment when it would be better to to read or see something that isn't at all relatable and yet enjoy it because we're trying to expand our experience mm-hmm. not just redefine it over and over it's a very good point That's I, true. I think my default text to anyone like texting me to complain about something is just relatable content i is that the same thing so as it's one of those things mood? that you yeah, yeah it's one of those things that you respond with when you don't really have anything to say it's a placeholder yeah. i think we're all just looking to relate though we're all looking for moods and sames and, um, and like me one time in but it's it's <laughs> it's so self-centered it is to welcome to something. This new world we live in. One oh, time, so I saw this all meme. The time. One We've time. always been that way. I saw oh, this I know. Meme I the other day. Night, I have a cool story to share about a class that I took with Dr. Jerry Williams. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, Jerry Williams is the head of the creative writing program at Marymount Manhattan College, which I was in. And one time, in like early on in the program, I wrote a memoir piece about like how I used to cut myself or something, and we had to. Uh, Everybody in the class had to return to you a copy of your own piece with notes that they had written on it. And one girl in the class 
gave me my piece back and all she did was circle every mention of me cutting myself and wrote relatable (laughs) 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 and those were all the comments that she had can you say who this is i had to be like i'm sorry Uh uh-oh Let's, yeah, let's talk could, some more about there's more. This is going to be a short off, episode off with everything that's cut. Then let's off, just yeah. pause for a second. Whoa. Okay, one of my favorite, one of the first lines that I wrote down from this movie is um, when Bruce Willis first goes to visit Haley Joel Osment in the church. And he, uh, Cole is the character's name, is just like whispering with his soldiers. Mm-hmm. Bruce is like, what were you guys talking about? Cole just goes... It's called Latin. <laughs> it's called Latin. Yeah, that, that oh was gosh. a strange he, way to say it. And he it. was like, he was like, uh, your toys speak Latin. He was like, just one. Yeah. I think I was okay. Not at the risk of saying relatable again. I just like, I feel like that was me as a child. Too. No, truly, I wrote in all caps. LOL. He cuts himself. Well, that part's you. Me. But then the like the only child part and playing things with myself and like in Latin cutting himself. See, I don't. I don't know. It's unclear. Because it's it implied looks like that ghosts can it's, hurt you. Yeah, a little which bit. I don't. And also, think he they... had the same like marks on his wrist that the like creepy housewife did. When it was like, who was like, <sighs> "You're a terrible husband, Jerry. Look what you made me do." Is the husband's name Jerry? Or did wait, no, I wrote it. I, I wrote it down. You know, I wrote it down. I want to say it was like. Oh, well, he had a mark on his back later too, which. Yeah, when Tony he when, when he was like in the dungeon at the birthday party. I don't think that ever got sufficiently explained. It no, did not. It did not taste. Especially, yeah, especially given one of my problems with this movie, Lenny. It was Lenny. Lenny, Lenny not Jerry. Yeah. Um, but I do think that if we're going to skip ahead to like the last fifteen minutes of the movie, which oh I do God. every week within the first ten <laughs> minutes, um. Later on, when Bruce Willis is like, maybe you should help these ghosts. It's like, this is a nine-year-old boy. No, but he Does he really them. need to help every ghost? He helps the burned ghost lady at the theater. Yeah, but I just think it's a lot to ask of a child. But there was so fair. much projection in the movie on, on from one, one character from another. Oh, that's you know, right. He's saying, help them because I want you to help me, right. really. But we're, oh, it's, it's right. inside out. It's like, yeah, it's a retroactive kind of thing. Yeah. When I was um, in, like, the fifth grade, there was this series of books that came out that was based on The Sixth Sense that was just um, Haley Joel Osment's characters. Like, um, <clears throat> it, it was, like, every book was him helping a different ghost. Really? And Bruce Willis was just, like, his, like, spirit guy taking him along the way. And See, I read those books before I watched the movie. They would have him be as, like, an unnecessary sidekick later, even though he was helped. Yeah. That's just dumb. Honestly, like with the state of healthcare in America, I would love to have a free ghost therapist. Oh my God. To Wait, be honest, yeah. At the birthday party when uh, Tony Collette is talking to the other kid's mom and she's like, he got invited to a party at Chuck E. Cheese last year, but he spent the whole thing in like a plastic tube. So like, was he giving a ghost therapy in a tube? <laughs> well, was it like a child that had previously died in that Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. And then the mom's like, Chucky who? And she's like, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's another thing that's like obviously kind of, it feels like it would be a plot hole if the last five minutes didn't happen, is that there is literally no way Tony Collette could afford a full-time child psychologist oh, with yeah. no other patients. Mm-hmm. Well, but they implied at the beginning that he was doing 
pro bono stuff. Yeah. Because he was working at the downtown clinic. But I also don't think, like, they also imply, like, in the first scene when they, like, kind of meet in the psychology setting that his mom doesn't trust therapists. Um that's which right. is probably why she doesn't that's an ex, that's an explanation for why she doesn't talk to Bruce Willis but then there's another thing where it's like um why would she let her son just travel all over the city with a therapist yeah it's I mean, a, it's, yeah. A, it's yeah. a little too late it's, for it's easy. kids but i think still be because working. of the like mm, style of it it works well i was a latchkey kid a what it's oh, not, that's right. Yeah, it's you not. Were. It's never too late for latchkey kids. <laughs> What's a latchkey kid? It's uh. It's like in the seventies and eighties when no, it's just it's not the seventies and eighties. It's forever. Um, <laughs> it was most popular in the seventies and eighties. It's when you have the keys to your house and you like walk home. You like walk home alone and let yourself in, and you're home alone for a while. That's the literal definition. Oh, okay. No babysitter, but like at younger, yeah. like a younger age. Basically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was fine. It was also pre nine eleven. Yes. Um, we should probably oh, talk about God. Tony, right? Wait. Haley Joel Osment's character was probably so overwhelmed in the days right after nine eleven. Oh my. Oh my God. God. So many ghosts to help. Yeah. I mean, he probably just ended it there. Because he no longer had a ghost therapist helping through that. Yeah. Do you think that he sees ghosts forever? Yeah. Or he feels better. Donnie Wahlberg did. Yeah, he becomes he becomes a Patricia Arquette medium. Mm Hmm. Mm. He's gonna have a talk show. Oh my God! There's that. There's that medium. Yes. That like young no the young like gay one in L.A. So annoying. Love it. (laughs) Um, So this movie made me Google whether or not. M. Night Shyamalan's parents were divorced. They weren't, which I was very shocked at. Because I feel like one of the... <clears throat> I mean, tell me what you think about this. I feel like one of the main themes that played through the movie was, like, marriage not going well. Mm. Because, you know, his marriage isn't going well, which he eventually realizes is because he's dead. And you can't really... Yeah, of course she's not talking to you. You're not there. You're dead. Um, and then, you know, Haley Joel Osment, his dad's not around. And then the... Uh, Donnie Wahlberg was like a child of divorce and then like even okay this scene is my favorite scene in the whole movie the scene where he finally helps a ghost and he like brings the VHS tape so this little girl has died that is such a good scene she was sick she died her ghost finds him this is the first ghost he helps he goes to her funeral he goes under her bed finds this VHS tape because this was a weird little girl with all these creepy puppets and she would put on puppet shows and film them Mm mm-hmm yeah, fuck this little girl whose mom was poisoning her. Oh my god! <laughs> you ruined the reveal kid. for the audience. It's, it's not a reveal. Everybody has seen this movie except that's for you. Not true. Yeah, but she's just explaining it right now. Okay. The mother has Munchausen's by proxy. Oh. But that yes. was my question: Was it Another Munchausen's Patricia by Arcade proxy, reference. or was it murder? Like I, those are two different things. It was I both. Tell which. I think if you Munchausen well, somebody really well, it's they're gonna, gonna be die. Murder. It's gonna be murder. Yeah. But like, I wonder mm-hmm. if she was motivated by the sickness or if she just wanted her dead. Well, it's not explained because it's not relevant to the plot of this. Well, movie. they yeah. say she had six different doctors, so mm. the mother was Everything, getting off on it. I think. Yeah. So he brings down the VHS tape, like, and then finds they her say daddy. that her sister is getting sick as well. Right. right. And he's like, "Hey, Mister." And my first question is, did children actually call adult men Mister in the '90s? Please answer. Did they? Yes. Okay. That's so weird. I think I did. What? 
It's like you go, miss. Actually, you'd go, if you're trying to get someone's attention, you go, sir. That's what I thought. Like, but who says, hey, if you mister? address someone directly, it would be like, hello, mister. Or miss, miss. Do you want to know how your daughter died? How's your wife? And then at the funeral, surrounded by friends and family, he watches this yeah, tape. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that is so creepy. So creepy. But they're able to do it because none of these characters are actually like real characters. And so then, it's able to be so stagey and weird. Yeah, there's plenty of the stuff. The mother made that Joan Collins face. And it's all those dated. people standing wow. behind and, like, the, the husband as he dress. confronts her. And they're all just like with their arms crossed like, oh, my God. So he how sees dare you. on the VHS that she pours like Lysol basically into her daughter's Is that what it was? It, in. it was like Pine Sol or something. Oh, some yeah. kind of cleaner. And you see on his face as he realized his wife has murdered his daughter. And everyone else sees. And it's like a mob of people who love this little girl confronting the mom. And that was dope. I wish they would have just beat the crap out of her right there, like a mom. I know. All the people so silent, and I would have been like, what the fuck? Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Call Um, the police. eh. Well, we were talking about something earlier, and I wanted to chime in on this. Something something that the film did really well, that M. Night did well, is making it believable that every single character would ignore the doctor. Oh, yeah. like, I, mm-hmm. That was pretty, pretty amazing, actually, to make that fly. I know. I was so surprised. I was like, are they really going to do this? Like when he went, goes to like the, the anniversary dinner with his his wife. Yeah. And yeah. she's not talking to him and he's just talking about. But he she's it's implied that she's not talking to him because he's talking about his work and being annoying. And then she just goes, happy anniversary. Like, like, fuck off. The one that didn't make sense. The one thing that didn't make sense to me is like Haley Joel Osment is like followed by this therapist guy and then walks in, the therapist in the house, Tony Collette's sitting there with him, so it's like the therapist and his mom together. But he at no <clears throat> point says anything to his mother about the fact that she's hired a therapist to basically well, follow him around. I think he knows that he's a ghost. I don't think I no, didn't I think, don't he, think did. he does because at least not right away, because he was so confused about the whole thing. Yeah. But then the thing happens with um at the end of the movie you know, Bruce Willis turns around and he can see his own, like, gunshot wound in his back. Right. So what I'm thinking is that maybe um, Haley Joel Osment, I can't not say the full name, maybe um, HJO didn't realize that he was a ghost, like, at first, but then he turned around and mm. he was like, oh, okay. And maybe just figured, like, well, this one's nice. Yeah. There's I'm- a lot of gray area in this movie but I think, I, I think yeah. that's somewhere that he th- the director thrives on that kind of creepiness right. of mm-hmm. not quite knowing and I'm okay with not knowing because as the reveal like they say like the ghosts are like see what they want to see so obviously we don't have to see every detail of Bruce Willis's I don't even know his name Malcolm <laughs> his like daily life just to because he's only doing what he's doing and it's a movie, so we can skip like the mundane things that he would probably not be doing. Yeah. Like, the thing that bothered me about that and is that when a character went through this massive change, they adapted to it way too fast. Like, like at the once, end? yeah. Like once Willis found out he was dead, he was devastated for about five minutes of screen time not mm-hmm. even yeah and then was just fine with it i mean because it had to be the last scene i feel like. sure i think yeah. it was rushed though 
yeah, yeah and him and the, the changes of like him finding out that he had to help people like he really just helps the little girl and come to justice and then after that he's totally fine chilling with ghosts like being the lead mm-hmm. in the play i don't know but i think the reason i feel like you would have found out bruce ellis was, bruce willis was dead a whole lot sooner if the i see dead people line hadn't happened like in the middle of the movie because like we still we didn't really know what was wrong with him and then you know you can piece it together but there was just enough time where yeah. you you were almost there to figuring it out and then they dropped which it which is one of those is which is why it's such a great like twist movie mm-hmm. because it does have that element of like from the beginning you kind of have all the information mm-hmm. you need for me it felt like it's one of those movies where you kind of have to endure the first half and right. it was kind of slow and boring and uh, I was like okay this movie is boring and then uh, oh my god no and wait, then wait. The, the scene with the the tape happened and I was like okay wait no it's amazing and it's we haven't amazing. even talked about Tony Collette we haven't in at this all movie yet and she's such an integral part so of this much, movie oh, so much she many was of on her... a different level yeah. she was in a completely different movie from everyone else as far as I was she concerned she literally was because mm-hmm. she didn't know that it was a horror movie while they were filming it that makes sense. She read the script and thought that it was like about like a mother getting to know her son. Of course she did, because she's in every scary, every movie she's in is so fucking scary. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was told this was a horror movie, and then I watched it, and it didn't feel like one. It's a thriller. Yeah, which I is think. why I love it, too. It's not even like it's not a, a thriller. It doesn't even feel like a thriller. It's it just a psychological it's like a family. It's a family drama. It's baby yeah. horror. But I there really, are jump scares. I really, really like the choice to have Bruce Willis play a child psychologist. Um, and I love the way that he talks to Cole in this movie. He he really is like a, a child psychologist. You know, he he can talk to him seriously on a serious level, but Except he's he also can't tell bedtime stories, which he, is strange. He can't tell <laughs> bedtime stories for shit. But he's like playing games with him, like doing dumb magic tricks mm-hmm. and shit Terrible. like that. Wait, it, did you guys ever go to a child psychologist? Mm-mm. No, but this is how I imagine them being. I once went to one, and she had this like, she had a tiny Yorkie. She lived in a very fancy house, and really the only thing I remember is that she had like a dro- all child psychologists, and this is the one thing they didn't include in the movie that made it for me very unrealistic. All chi- child psychologists have like. A drawer of prizes and at the end of each session you get to pick a prize and he never got a prize well he also doesn't touch props at all in this movie. also he's a very not childy child like he wears adult clothes i love the choice to have him in like a private school uniform all the time because uh-huh. just the fact that he's he wearing wears a tie his dad's so like left behind gloves oh, and, and clip-on ties were priceless <laughs> <laughs> that was great Wait. oh he's yeah a but young we... sheldon type let's talk about tony though because i think she was so like she was Oscar nominated for this. She was. This oh, is was the she? only movie she's ever been nominated for. And an so Oscar was Haley Joel Osment and Bruce Willis was not, which yeah. I love. Well, but, because he made too many weird noises yeah. during the movie. <laughs> but the best part about that too is also she was apparently not nominated for any of the other like Oscar precursor awards oh, at not all. Like and a she Golden was Globe just nothing. Like that. And she was just like an Oscar I don't know who beat her. I'm gonna find that out. It but, was uh, Angelina Jolie for Girl Interrupted. Are you serious? Really? She, yeah. Angelina Jolie, I that was this an up incredible like a performance. Ago. She's too gangly. <laughs> She's the most beautiful woman alive, and you cannot convince me otherwise. But her performance in Girl Interrupted was so good. 
I know, but Tony Collette's in the sixth sense was better. Let's talk about okay. Let's talk about Tony's like brown lip liner. Let's talk about her eyebrows. Let's talk about her acrylic nails. Talk about her fur lined everything. Yeah, I wrote down. I the first time I knew it was in Philadelphia was when I saw her nails. Every outfit that she wears in this movie and her like her laundry hoodie and her oh my god the um, laundry hoodie her subtle like Long Island accent. Yeah. No, I loved the accent. She is an actor who in every movie has a different accent, but makes it work as part of the character. It's she's not like, Australian, right? She's Australian, Oh, yeah. very Australian. I haven't really seen any of the movies she did before this, and I listen to every episode of the podcast, and I'm just confused the whole time. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good way to be. But um, you guys talk a lot about how her accent, like the Australian, will peek through, and I feel like in this movie it didn't. It did no, not at all. Not. I think she's this good at finding American... Of- accents that like don't lend themselves to yeah. revealing the Australian. I love um there's just so many I think that the reason why this film works so well for me is because so much of it like hinges on Haley Joel Osment's performance. The only reason why this movie is ever scary to me is because his character is afraid and I just feel so like bad for this child who's mm-hmm. just absolutely like overtaken by fear. Like as somebody who I do relate to Cole a lot in this movie, just because when I was a child, I also got bullied by an actor who was in a Domino's commercial. And uh, <laughs> Oh my God, what? that scene when he's watching the kids, his bullies um, cough medicine commercial and they just throws something the at the shoe. TV. Yeah, yeah. And Tony's the like, shoe. stop. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that and... in films when you throw a shoe at the TV, it perfectly hits the power button and turns <laughs> off the TV. But I also was very, very scared as a child all the time. And I don't super know why. I just remember like having all these weird phobias that I guess they were like intrusive thoughts because oh, I just could because sure, yeah. I could just could never stop thinking about how the picture book of Bad Keys of Stripes scared me so bad. It did scare you so bad. It did. I like did not go to the library for years. But the kid has his small moments of revenge, though. You know, he he terrorizes stuttering Stanley. Oh my God! Into, oh, I was going to ask. into giving him a part in the school play. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, if you've ever babysat, you know that all children immediately point out your deepest insecurities. Like, if you're babysitting a kid, they will just instantly, before saying anything else, ask about the zit on your forehead. Oh, so was the the burned lady in the theater the one who was, like, studying Stanley's teacher or something? And that's... Maybe. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to ask Jerry, as a teacher, if you've ever had an experience that was anything like the stuttering Stanley scene. (laughs) Are you serious? Um, you I'm mean just, someone just? Oh, I'm just curious. Someone just screaming and. Well, just this past semester, I had threw a kid out of class and had to call security. Uh, what? Why? Ooh. That's for off the air. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Uh, like he, we were 15 seconds away from throwing down. Oh wow! Oh my god! Speaking of students who want Which to fight their incredible. teachers. Your life story. <laughs> I mean, verbally, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, I got one teacher fired. Um, did you not also you. think <laughs> in the beginning that this movie was going to be about, like, the making of a mass shooter? Yeah. No. Yeah. Right? Well, because I, mean, I watched this when I was a child. The but... great prop of the serial killer notebook 
oh, that he yeah. had. Like that, it so had, scary. He was oh, trying to right. build that kind of sensibility. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's very. We need to talk about. Also, Kevin. this movie came out in 1999, so this is the year of Columbine, yeah. and before school shootings were like, oh shit, kind of. Um, I mean, I'm sure they happened, but they weren't like there was no like, it was um, like it, visual it, it, it language. Columbine very... set it all off. Yeah, the, yeah. It, we didn't really have. There was no like, like visual language. There was no like yeah. signs of, or whatever. The principal of that school is trying to get it torn down because too many tourists show up, and also like people who want to like do school shooting show up to. The yeah, my elementary I, I, school best friend was oh, the valedictorian like a shrine? of Columbine. They act like it's a shrine. Yeah. Oh like, my god, go are you not like, familiar worship? with the Columbiners right. of Tumblr? <laughs> there are people on the internet who like worship the Columbine shooters and there have been instances I can think of at least like two where people who had had like blogs about Columbine were later caught trying to like shoot up a mall I'm kind of running out of time but I have some iconic quotes from the movie that I want to oh, I have give credence to I have a favorite Tony Collette moment oh we'll oh, get that's to those for the awards at the end. that'll be a Tony okay. award Okay. Um, when okay, when Bruce Willis's wife is getting hit on by that guy who uh, she works with, he's like, "Do you want to come to this like flea market in Amish country with me?" And she says, "I don't know if I can deal with the Amish today." Is uh, that when he comes yeah. to her at the you can't store? Can't spit. And then that kid was a little daft. He, he seemed really off. He was to really me. strange. Yeah. And then as he's walking away, Bruce Willis looks out the window <laughs> and goes, "Keep moving, cheese dick." Cheese dick. Yeah. Um. When Cole is yelling at stuttering Stanley, he's like, they used to hang people here. The teacher says, no, this was a courthouse. It had lawyers. Cole goes, they were the ones who were hanging everybody. (laughs) Wokest child in America. Did you think that the play sucked big time? (laughs) That's my favorite line. They all did. And then Bruce Bruce Willis goes, I thought it was better than Cats, which is not saying much. I loved when he, can I have another quote? Sorry, I'm stamping yeah. on here but no, it's go. when they're in the church and he's standing above him and he goes you wigging out <laughs> <laughs> when the yeah the student becomes the master um mm-hmm. when bruce willis is watching his wedding video and that woman is giving like a drunk speech <sighs> Iconic. that's my audition monologue for um small independent films that was pretty good that it was, was good really thing. good it was really sweet i thought oh when bruce willis is first doing the penny trick and Cole just very like blankly goes, I didn't know you were funny. <laughs> I also have a story about that. Michael Sarah auditioned for this movie and he, imagine and he oh did it and he didn't know what it was about. And he did this scene like as like a regular like cute kid. Uh he oh, said hey. that uh, yeah, I thought you were supposed to be. He was funny. just like, I didn't know you were funny. And he also did the um the scene where he's saying like if you don't believe me then how can you help me? He said that uh he delivered that line some magic is real like very optimistically. Mm. He's like some <laughs> magic is real. So Haley Joel Osment only got this part because he because he read haunted. the full script three times and he's the night haunted. before. So one of my one of my classes at NYU was with a um a casting director. Uh, Todd Thaler, he actually cast uh, Natalie Portman in Leon the Professional, and he just like kept all of the audition tapes from like 
decades of auditioning oh my people for roles. So I got to see so many people. There's nothing who I are, love more than audition tapes. Yeah, and I got to see like so many people who are now really famous auditioning for roles before they were famous when they were super super young. Very love interesting. Um, how did we feel about the occasional slow mo in this movie? Because I didn't like it. I didn't. I don't even remember when it. Bruce Willis notice. dies and oh, when yeah. Tony Collette is uh, taking Cole out of the dungeon thing. The dungeon. Yeah, thing? I feel like it wasn't at shot. the birthday party when they oh, like trapped when they were in doing the... the play locked in a dungeon. <laughs> I feel like oh they didn't God. shoot it at the a higher frame rate. The movie within a movie. That was a scene from It when the red balloon like flies up the stairs. It really Most was. cliche they, red like, balloon ever. They like didn't shoot the the slow mos at like a higher frame rate, so they just like kept the same number yeah. of frames. But so it was like jerky. Yeah. Oh my God, when Tony actually this might be a moment, so I'm not gonna say it right now. Um. There's something I wanted to bring up. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's something about thematically about the movie that bothers me deeply that um, everyone seemed to be, the kids especially, seemed to be worried about being called a freak Mm -hmm. or being a freak. And instead of saying it's okay to be a freak, you know, the respondent kept saying, you're not a freak. Like, Mm -hmm. you're normal. You're normal. And I just, I wish that. That isn't the go-to response to, I feel like a freak. Yeah, that's very true. Also, the whole thing is like he won't talk to his mother. He won't tell her what's going on. But then the first interaction we we see between the two of them is her telling him to lie to her. She's like, how was my day? Well, I won the lottery and I went on a, quit <laughs> oh, all my jobs and so went on a picnic. Cute, yeah, but it was also like... I'm going to make you some triangle pancakes. Yeah, he was like, oh, I got picked first for dodgeball and I won the game and they carried me on their shoulders. It was like, oh, that's all. Those are all lies. Yeah. That's not real communication. Yeah. It's so... She might not have been the best mom at but the time. But she's trying her best. Oh, she's all right. She yeah. was trying her best. Well, I mean, he did, I didn't think that that warranted like him being taken away by CPS. Yeah. I'm just saying. Also, <laughs> so many of Tony Collette's scenes in this movie are done in one take. Really? Yeah, like the scene, her first appearance. Remember when she's doing laundry and she uh-huh. goes into the kitchen and all the cabinet doors are closed. Oh my she God. goes back great, into the laundry room, moment. comes back that was out. Scary. They're all open, and then later on, also in the kitchen. Um, when she confronts him about s- stealing the his bumblebee. grandma's bumblebee pendant, <laughs> which I really loved because it's just on her for so long, and then it slowly pans over to him, and you see that he is like way more upset about this than any kid should be. Mm-hmm. I love when you know after she comes in, sees all the cabinet doors open, he leaves for school. She sees his like moist handprint on the table, yeah. and is like terrified by her own child's moist handprint that he just left. Yeah. For some reason, I didn't of just, know what that meant. Yeah, I was like, why wouldn't you just like so clean he's, it he's or nervous. be annoyed? He's yeah. nervous. He's a nervous mm-hmm. kid. Is yeah. that what that meant? I guess. I think so. I thought it was he a was ghost. He was sweating hand. so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. M- my reaction M- as a mother wouldn't be to be like afraid of, of a handprint because yeah. I feel like if you're a mom, all you do is clean up handprints. Yeah. Also, I just love how like truly weird Cole is as a child. When they're in the car and he just looks at his mom and goes, I'm ready to communicate with you now. <laughs> and Tony legit just looks at him and, and is like, okay. Yeah. That's not a good scene. What? The car scene. You don't oh like it? Oh my God. We disagree so much. You don't like it? It's way too overwrought and corny and just okay ridiculous no. to it me. It was the 90s. And also- Pre-7-11. I mean 9-11. <laughs> 
<laughs> Imagine life before Seven Eleven. Where that's... would you get? Where would? You, what would you do if in the middle of if at two a.m. high as high Balls. as you could? Yeah, I didn't want to say it. Yeah. Uh, you need a slushy. What What would you do? Where would you get it? You make it at home. What? It's the days Out where you what? walked uphill to school both ways in the snow. And you and make, you make your, your slushy. <laughs> you would go to Aloha <laughs> Snack Bar. <laughs> what did high kids eat in the middle of the night before, like, prepackaged food? They didn't get high. Did they, like, make a pie? Before prepackaged food. Bef- yeah. No one smoked. The fifties had. There's the, always been pre. Yeah, there's always been. There's always been food. marijuana. They exactly. Would ju- they would just eat Adam like an Eve. apple. <laughs> like what about like caraway? How did I say Adam and Eve at the same time? The you apple, said apple was wrapped in cellophane. <laughs> Can really we talk quick. about the car scene? I want to talk. But, <laughs> we just did. But before it's this, terrible. but before this, no. I just want to talk more shit about uh, about like Marymount because Sam. you saying Adam and even the apple just made me remember one time in class where I'll like bleep his name out in the final cut, but he's not going to listen to this. Francesco German, just out of nowhere, was like, hey. He's absent. <laughs> he would never come to class, first of all. And then when he came, he was like, you know, whenever a female annoys me, I just say, Eve ate the apple. Oh, my God. And there's just this really long pause. And then we were all like, we just, none of us knew what that meant. Didn't I say Eve was framed? You probably did. Eve was framed. Yeah. Well, she was gaslit. According to the bunker, the mm-hmm. bumper sticker, bunker sticker. And it wasn't even an apple. It was a fruit. We don't know what it was. No, it was a pomegranate. Yeah, probably. No, it, it literally was. It was a tomato. Well, I don't think it actually happened. No, it didn't actually happen, but in the original <laughs> text, it was a pomegranate. Okay. The car scene is good. All right. Because it's, great. it's her Oscar moment. I do think no. that Tony But without has... it, she okay. doesn't have an Oscar moment. So, you know what I'm saying? And also... To her see Oscar your kid moment is Chucky you G's. such an emotional thing. Like, first of all, this moment where she's obviously mi- like they talked about it throughout the movie that she's missed her mother so much, and then to hear that yeah. like this thing that he couldn't possibly know, he couldn't possibly know it. So it's Do like I make the, you proud. Yeah. Oh my God. The, do- puts the acrylics on eyes. The compounding of like, okay, my kid sees ghosts, and oh my God, my mother said this like wonderful thing to me. I literally started. Proud of yeah. her. I started the, the, bawling. Wait, wait, I cried on, so much. The look on it her face. It was way too much information. Yeah. <laughs> at once. It's That's one true. of those. It's like you said earlier. Characters adjusting too quickly. How come we never saw Grandma like played by Tony with age makeup, <laughs> or just dead? Oh, speaking of Tony with age makeup. I, my mom's going to listen to this, but I don't, I don't know. Um, I did the face app thing. I don't care if the Russians have, my, have my weird selfies. Now. So what? They could get that from my Instagram. It's public. That's true. Um, or, yeah, I really don't I care. also took a picture of some paste ups that they might have. <laughs> no, they only got, they only, they only got the photos that you chose to alter with the app. But anyways, okay. every photo I put through, I just end up looking literally exactly like my mother. Nice. Which makes it more terrifying because I know that it's real. Yeah. And I yeah. will look like that someday. Okay, wait. So some quick backstory research on the movie before we get into awards, just because I think it's interesting. The guy uh, at the Disney Corporation, the executive who greenlit this movie. Disney? And let, yeah, this is a Disney. Like it, It's like Disney-owned, like, um, whatever, like, Spyglass Productions oh, okay. or, or, or yeah, whatever yeah. produces. Um. The executive who let M. Night Shyamalan, who had never made a movie before at all, 
who approved him directing his own screenplay mm-hmm. without getting his supervisor's approval first ended up getting fired because it was such an unwise choice. <laughs> they were like, who the fuck is M. Night Shyamalan? And then it ended up like making back 16 times its budget. They should have buried him in the, the desert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony Collette auditioned for this movie as an afterthought. She literally was just in town to audition for a Martin Scorsese film, and she really wanted the Scorsese film, but then she got cast in this and was like, I guess. Oh, wow. Do you know um, what Scorsese film it was? No, I didn't write it down. Been? It was, um, I don't hmm. know. But uh, Bruce Willis was only in this movie because he had... Um, cost the Disney Corporation millions of dollars after firing the director on a previous film. So in order to pay them back, he was contractually obliged to star in three of their movies. And this was one of them. Also, Haley Joel Osment's dad one day on set... Billy um, Joel Osment. Yeah. Father of Emily Osment. Haley Joel Osment was supposed to be crying and he wasn't crying, so his dad took Bruce Willis aside and was like, yell at my kid. And then Bruce Willis yelled at the child and the child cried, and they filmed it for movies. I want a movie about the behind the scenes of this movie. Okay. Does anybody have any stray observations before we move on to awards? Um, so many. I mean... Um, hmm. Oh, they kind of? <laughs> no, it's not a good one. It's not even a good one. I, I don't know why I wrote this down. Tony Collette's apartment, or house, is a hipster's dream. It's yep. so railroad. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have the textures, like the television that's old enough to be cool, which is like pre-90s. It's like old. And like the house plants, I just instantly thought I want to live there so my Instagram feed will be better. Yeah. That wasn't important. I'm sorry. (laughs) My stray is that I feel like they kind of, um, in a way, you could think the twist at the end if you didn't know was that Anna his uh Bruce Willis's wife was dead or something because she never spoke to him and like oh. I don't know but she does speak she to speaks real to that life guy. people oh and then and... because he's a ghost he's able to like see what they're doing in the store and like throw a yeah. chair at the window yeah Bruce Willis must in real life be really really dumb because he doesn't know how to make an intelligent face he was supposed to be this doctor, and you know when he needs to look smart, he sort of puckers his face up mm-hmm. in this really weird way, and like a little butthole mouth. Yeah, he's an idiot. Um, the names are like really obvious, to, you know. <laughs> Cole Sear. Yeah, but it's spelled S E A R. Oh, like, I just like got that. Something burning hot. Mm-hmm. See her, Tommy Tomasino. I mean, I I feel like that's <laughs> the name you put in the first draft of your screenplay, and then you change it to something, so true. and you that... forget to change it, and it's the shooting day. In his like, uh, oh. in his yeah. first appearance, when Tony is watching them through the window, you can see the number six on the curtain next to her, and it's supposed to be a signal that Tommy is like of the devil. Sweet, or just yeah. a reference subtle. to the title of the movie. I think it's that he's the devil because he is. He's the yeah. worst. And in the end, he becomes Tommy the village Thomas idiot. Vito. So, mm-hmm. you know, karma's real. Okay. Right. Are we ready for awards? I am. Okay. Absolutely. So here on the Tony Awards, we give uh, three awards to each movie. The first one being best prop. Jerry, do you want to 
give your best prop first? Um, well, we talked about it before, but I, I do think it's the serial killer notes mm. left on the nightstand for the mother to find. Like the um, red ink and everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't pause it to read it, but just... I, it was pretty awful from what I mean, not awful in a It was him a, like threatening to like drop the baby right, if right. it didn't shut yeah, up or something. It was pretty horrifying <laughs> and awesome. So it yeah, like, I got a in my son's fantasy life, he's a father. <laughs> there were many interesting props, but for me that that was yeah. the best one. Andy, what about you? For me, he's in the basement. He's deep diving in the research and he circles in a textbook a paragraph describing that people sometimes cut themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and he's shocked. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. You're this amazing award-winning therapist, and you weren't aware that people cut themselves? Wait, there's also... Pre-9-11. Because I was... <laughs> okay, I know, I I know that Girl Interrupted... I know Girl Interrupted like, came out the same year, but it's based on a book written long before then yeah. that was about something that happened in the 60s, and... There's also, so much wait, self-harm in that. And like, another, there's no way he couldn't have known yeah. that people do that. Another note on him maybe not being the best doctor, in the Donnie Wahlberg scene when he's naming like uh, his symptoms and stuff, it seems like he was like really off base. It's He's like possible mood disorder, well, maybe Wahlberg like struggling. Yeah, he's But that's what he's quoting from Yeah, he's quoting right. his yeah. own. He's like possible mood disorder, like probably it's just like email about his parents divorce. It's like he's that's clearly how he diagnoses psychotic. Yes. <laughs> and then later on with Haley Joel Osment, it's like possible mood disorder. <laughs> Single parent household. <laughs> okay, also Bruce Willis will not stop asking Cole about his dad throughout this movie. And his dad's like so the irrelevant. dad is not the point. The There's dad has no nothing to point. do with it. Yeah, I'm, I don't even I don't even think we ever learned what happened to the dad. He just left. He just left. He's yeah. hanging with some woman who works in a toll booth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> who has to hold who in her booth. Okay, wait. Jake, wait, what, what do you best... actually think? Speaking of women, into... wait, do we have, to... I have time to tell a quick story? We really don't. It's super. I have okay. to. I recently discovered right. why there are no female Uber drivers in New York City when I saw an Uber driver cradling an enormous jug of pee. Oh. Because to park and get out and go to the bathroom can't happen. You have to pee in a jug. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a is that an Uber rule? <laughs> is that, a, is that, does that come straight down from corporate? Yeah, it's in the contract. Oh my yeah. god. Okay, Jake, best prop. Uh, um, I said the plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my best prop um was. Haley Joel Osment's toy, toy soldier that speaks Latin, and he's the only soldier that speaks Latin. Yeah. Relatable. The pretentious soldier. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> best Tony moment. Andy, go. Um, I'm not going to name the one that was my actual favorite, which is the car one, yeah. um, which made me cry. But second, I sometimes cry just thinking about it. I anti-cried. <laughs> he laughed. He laughed. You absorbed. You absorbed water into your eyeballs. Yeah. from the atmosphere. You hydrated during that. Scene. <laughs> um, no, I, I put down. Uh, they're sitting at the table, and she asks him if he took the bumblebee pen. He says he di- didn't, and she go just goes, "You've had enough roast beef. You need to leave the table. <laughs> go." <laughs> yes. Okay, Jig. Um, my best Tony moment was when after the birthday party, she calls. Um, the mom of the kid, I guess, at the party. Uh, Tommy Tomsina's mom, I guess. That was mine. And she was like, 
Um, oh, you, Keep your you goddamn hands off my But, you can use but she says it so casually. Yeah, like, let's talk about how you should. She's like, hey, um, how about you just get your goddamn kids leave your hands off my son? Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts away. <laughs> so good. I, yes. That's been my favorite scene since I was like 10 years old. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I do, I did have backups because I anticipated this happening. Uh, we talked about it earlier, but when she's talking about the Chuck E. Cheese birthday party and the other mom says, Chuck E. who? And she just goes, cheese. <laughs> is it because the par- those are rich parents who wouldn't know anything about? I that? guess so. Is it a class I guess? thing. Like, okay. or or my thought was that they were like shitty parents who don't know where to take their kids. Well, they clearly are shitty parents because their son is a monster. <laughs> mean. Yeah. Okay, Jerry. What was your best Tony moment? Um, when when she's pushing the kid in the cart in the parking lot of the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a moment of glee, which is <laughs> weird for him. And um, she stops, and they look at each other, and she doesn't really – it seems like it's improvised. She doesn't really know what to do, so she curtsies. Yeah. It's just amazing. Just a very tiny oh, thing. Yeah. Beautiful moment. Great. It was really good. Okay. Uh, now we go on to the custom awards. Jake, what was your custom award? Um, do me last. <laughs> Okay, Andy, what was your custom award? Is there award? an award for that? <laughs> um, most boring first half of a good movie. I despise <clears throat> you so much. I don't agree with that either. Maybe it's because I already knew. No, I, I knew, you, and then well, I you, thought it was interesting. I was just waiting for the dead people thing. Like I was like, when? How long are we gonna sit here? Like, w- are we gonna eventually ever get to that? Okay. All right, Jerry, what was your custom award? Um, it would have to be at six minutes in the the lamest strip tease award <laughs> <laughs> to uh, Bruce Willis. He and only gets the Olivia best. Olivia Williams. <laughs> it's just lame. <laughs> just okay. stop. Just stop, you guys. Uh, my award was inspired by Big Little Lies. Um, I'm giving Tony Collette. The Shailene Woodley Award for saying, look at me to your troubled son. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Okay, Jake, you go. Um, the Before It Was Cool Award goes to Haley Joel Osment for inventing ASMR in 1999. <laughs> I say dead people. Love the whole that. movie was quite whispery. Yeah. yeah. Mumblecore. Mm-hmm. Okay. The sixth. So we've reached the end of our podcast. We're going to link to people's uh, social medias in the profile. But before we do that, we have a segment (laughs) that I forgot existed. Every week. Called, Is It Better Than Clock Watchers with Jake Everhart. So, Jake, is it better than Clock Watchers? Yes. (gasps) Oh, my God. But we're not going to say if anything's better than Sixth Sense because I have a hunch that many things won't be. Yeah. I have no idea, because as I've said, I, this is the first movie well, I've seen of any of the films you've done on this podcast. Well, that segment is only for Jake. And it's okay. definitely the most pop-culturally relevant movie she probably still has done to this day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Andy, do you have anything to plug? Um, Your photography Instagram? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Go to my photography Instagram if you want to see Sam nude with a snake. Jerry, do you have anything to <laughs> plug? Um, 
other than that I found out the other day that my great-grandfather killed a deputy sheriff in 1899. <gasps> I'll plug that. Damn. Wait, what? You waited till now to tell us this? Yes. I have a cop killer in my family. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> Fuck blue lives. All right, is this the point at which this becomes my favorite murder? We don't have enough time. Listen to Kill- the song Cop Killer. <laughs> Listen to the song Cop Killer. Um, it was 1899, though. Yeah. So. Okay, right. we have reached the end of our podcast. Uh, <laughs> okay, Mom. On the count of three, let... I don't know. How are we going to sign been doing off this, this You've been doing this, like, on the I've count of three, say something. Something, 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 like... Say what your sixth sense is. No, no. Let's just I like say that. Let, let's just say bye. We're really over time. Bye, everybody. Bye. bye. Six cents. <laughs>